Welcome to the SG Engage podcast, where it's all social good all the time. Sit back and relax as the brightest minds from across the social good community engage with trends, big ideas, and best practices to help you drive impact. Today's episode features an excerpt from the Blackboard Institute Index's 10th anniversary celebration. Brand strategist Ben Smithy joins Blackboard Institute's Ashley Thompson to discuss how to create a relevant, legacy-focused brand in today's digital ecosystem. Click on the link in the show notes to access more resources and to listen to the full webinar. My name is Ashley Thompson, and I'm the Managing Director for the BlackBot Institute. Um, And in case you are unfamiliar um, with what we do specifically, we bring together um, leading-edge research and philanthropic experts to try to accelerate social good. Um, And for the last 10 years, we've been producing what's called the BlackBot Institute Index, um, which basically provides year-over-year trends in philanthropy um, and annual giving statistics. And so all of that is with the goal of trying to empower um, organizations to do their best. And we couldn't think of a better way to invite some of the really the best minds um, that are out in the space um, to help us sort of think through what does it mean um, to be a resilient organization today? What does it mean to be innovative and forward-thinking and, and prepare ourselves for the next 10 years? Um, so today, we're really delighted um, to be sitting down for the fourth session in this series um, with Ben Smithy of the Smithy Group to discuss branding. Uh, we want to discuss what it is, how your organization can leverage its brand um, to drive greater awareness, engagement, and ultimately impact. So without further ado, Ben, welcome. I'm super excited to have you here today. Hey, hey, excited to be here with you and uh, to chat again. I'm just excited about the topic, and it's always fun chatting with you, and I'm happy that we've become friends. Me too, me too. Um, and I, you know, one of the things that just struck me um, when I've heard you speak and in talking to you personally now is that you just are so passionate about this area and so <laughs> passionate about the, the purpose of brand and what it, why it is so important and, and why it's so important to start there. So, so I'd love to hear from you. Why, why are you so passionate about this? Well, I think that if you look at arguably the most important thing that we do as individuals, which is communication, right? Uh, communication and conversation and, and all of that has literally changed the world. And if you look at the, the foundational building blocks of communication, Brands are behind a lot of that, right? And that's brands as in individuals and human brands and our personal brands. Um, it's the first thing that we assume or we see or we interpret about somebody before we even say a word out of someone's mouth. So we're communicating with our, our brand, if you will. And then as an organization, it literally is the most important thing <laughs> above anything and everything. And it's become even more increasingly important as we've redefined identity, as we've redefined um like how we communicate as organizations. And I think that just, I don't know, it's easy to get excited about because I think that brands are the building blocks of communication and the building blocks of society. You know, there's so many things that if you think about brands that have impacted your life um, as a child or as an adult. And, you know, it's just, I think it's an exciting topic and one that uh, doesn't get talked about enough, even as much as we do talk about it. And and when you use the term equity, um, we're not talking about, equitable access we're talking about, which is often, you know, talked about, discussed in, yeah. the, in the nonprofit 
space. But yeah, I believe brands build equity, which is sort of like trust, if you will. And then marketing and advertising translates equity into value, right? Some sort of desirable aspect. And then most of the time, um, you know, in nonprofit, you call it conversion, but in for-profit, we call it sales. Sales translates value into dollars. Are there some perhaps examples out there that you think um, can help illustrate that point around what a brand really is? Yeah, for sure. So if you look at, if you look at brand equity and if you look at the power of a brand, if you just think about certain brands, you have an essence or you know what the promise is that they're making to you before you've ever even consumed one of their products if you've never consumed a product, right? If you have never been to Disney World, you understand, I'll, I'll use the, the easy, the, the easy targets here. If you've never been to Disney World or Disneyland, you know what their brand promises, right? You know that you're going to be delighted. You know that customer service is going to be amazing. You know that the experience is, is going to be amazing, whether you're an adult or a child or an adult child, right? <laughs> Any of those things, you know that that promise is before you've ever experienced it. Um, let's go the opposite way and something that we've all experienced in terms of very tangible. Let's talk about McDonald's, right? The McDonald's brand has never, ever once in its life Ever, ever, ever said we are the healthiest, highest quality deliverers of food that you are going to ever have, right? That's not what we think about. However, it 100% delivers on its brand promise every single time, right? It's going to make you feel good, not maybe physically, but <laughs> it's going to make you feel good because uh, it's, you know, it's, it's that sensationalist type of food um, mentality, right? It's quick, it's cheap, um, and it's craveable. Um, and it has amazing French fries, so it delivers on its promise every time too. And it's fun, right? It's got a feeling uh, to it. So I yeah. love this concept of a promise because I think that's highly relevant when you talk about the philanthropic community as well, right? It, it really is about a promise to to deliver some deliver something that is extremely important to you know the, the social world out there. So thinking about it as a promise. I think helps elevate its stature. It's not just this piece of brand of marketing. It's not just this thing that we do that's an afterthought. It's not a it's not a logo, but really if you think about it as a promise, it's really, you know, as as organizations talk about, you know, values and mission, that's really what mm-hmm. they continue to try to hit on day in and day out. Um, and so the brand is really just a is perhaps the the realization of all of those components. Absolutely. It's the why, not the what. Right. It's, it's the why. And I think that the what is sort of the differentiation or the execution. The how is the is the um, the level of how you do something better than or differently than another organization. But at the core the why, from a nonprofit standpoint, arguably better be to make a positive impact in the world in some way, shape or form. Right. And at the highest level, that's that's the deal. Right. That's almost the. The, the table stakes for being in the nonprofit space or the for good space, if you will. And then from there, the, the, the what you do is sort of positions you in a large bucket that says, am I in the healthcare space or am I in the social impact space or am I in the mentorship space? Um, and the how is how do you differentiate yourself from every other organization that's in the exact same space trying to do the exact same mission that's trying to you know further impact the world? And so I think if you start looking at it in these sort of segmented ways, 
you can start building your brand in a way that's going to be impactful, not just um, to, to the whole topic of this, To rather than going about brand awareness to really about brand impact. So it, it is with the why, and I don't take credit for, for, for coining that. That's the whole Simon Sinek thing, start with why, right? And, and arguably, it, it's shaped how we've done all of our businesses, how we've, how we approach other businesses, branding and marketing. It's important. And I think that in that space, you know, starting with why is important. I think that a lot of nonprofits fall into the same space as small businesses do in the for-profit space of talking about the what or the how before they start with talking about the why, right? We've been an organization that supported families in Dallas, Texas for, you know, three generations. Great. I can buy onto that, but that's more of a qualifying statement than a hook of saying like, why do I care? Right. In any business, whether it's when we're talking about sales and we're all in sales, whether you're for profit or nonprofit, right. You got to answer like, who are you? Why do I care? And how is that going to help me? Right. And for nonprofit, how is it going to help me make a difference through your organization? And so from a brand standpoint, the who are you is, is really the why are you like, why do you exist? Uh, and why do I care about your existence? And why do I want to work with you versus XYZ organization? Absolutely. Um, I, you know, I think that um, we we have, you know, for, for so long, I think that we've been in a mindset um, and, and, and somewhat related to your point about building equity within a brand, right, is that say it, you know, say the same thing consistently 5,000 times and that's when it'll it'll finally, you know, sort of hit home, right? And so we reinforce the same tagline, we use the same spokesman, you know, the, the CEO perhaps, right? And sort of just, you know, sort of, you know, keep saying, keep beating that drum over and over and over until right. it sticks. And so there is a component of that that's equity, but what you're saying though is, is really sort of opening that up to allow for others, individuals to be able to come into the fold. And, you know, that feels like a, a pretty substantial mind shift from the way that we've been doing business um, as usual. So as you sort of think about loosening those reins and becoming a more unified tone rather than a voice and allowing others to be a participant in that, how does an organization also get really crystal clear um, in, in who they're targeting, right? To, in, in some ways, it feels like, you know, you're kind of opening the floodgates and sort of letting everyone in. Well, how do you even know, how do you get real clear on who you're trying to talk to or who your, who your most valuable sort of in, um, constituents could be? Yeah, absolutely. And to your point, you, you said something kind of in passing, but it, it's something that we as organizations and leaders really need to understand is that donors are consumers, but more importantly, donors are consumers first. And donors are consumers 99.99999% of the time, and their donors the 0.00001% of the time, right? We can, how many times we're consuming something, information, content, all this stuff before we're like giving something? It's, it's exponentially lopsided, right? So we have to think of our, our donors as consumers, as people, First, God forbid, you know, people first. Um, and we think of them as people. That means that we need to contextualize our messaging for people. And that means that our messaging to donors has to be consumable 99 times for the one time that we're asking them for something. And the way that we contextualize that is through data. So I'll use a very, very simple example from data, right? If I, if you, if I'm asking you to, to, to do something, right? To help 
the community by donating money to my nonprofit, right? And it's a sports-related nonprofit, right? We'll call the, the YMCA, and we're trying to start our youth sports league, right? And I say, Ashley, if I know that you are a fan of baseball versus football, I can send you a message that says, hit a home run in your community by supporting our, our youth sports program. And that's way different than saying, score a touchdown this year in our community by supporting our youth sports program, right? It's something that simple that shows that, and I'm using a very, very watered down example. But if I have data about you that shows your preference for baseball over football, I can now contextualize my communications for you and the 99,000 other people that are wanting the same preference as you in my communication. And now the data is possible to do that, right? The data are, are out there that say, you know, what is your affinity for sports? What's your affinity for brands? What's your affinity for cooking versus dining out, for direct mail versus SMS versus email versus all of these different things? And so as an organization, we have to speak to the consumerism mindset in order to get the donor mindset in return. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it speaks to the the concept of aligning to their values, right, and meeting them where, Absolutely. you know, it, it, it is, you know, the value that is most meaningful to them that will actually, you know, encourage them to take some sort of action, whatever we're asking them to do. Yeah. And that is, and you mentioned the answer and the question is, is the long game, right? But the long game starts now for the future. So if you look at, most people have this misperception of what Gen Z is because we've been talking about the millennials so long. Gen Z, Gen Alpha, they're in their twenties now, right? Gen Z is in their twenties, right? We do. And I, I work with a lot of small businesses on this that are in the, in the jewelry industry. They talk about Gen Z as like this mythical teenagers. I'm like, no, Gen Z is like in their twenties. And if you're in the engagement ring business, that's really important for you, <laughs> right? So it's the same thing with the nonprofits. If you don't create those relationships now and the way that you create those relationships now with younger people is in the digital world. If you don't create those relationships now, you have 0% opportunity to engage with them uh, in terms of getting any type of value or, or, or financial contribution from them. And so what you need to be doing now, obviously working with those high net worth individuals with those, with those valuable like donors that you have now, obviously that's important, right? You're looking for bequests and, you know, family office, all these different things. But if you're not planning for the future, if you want to be around more than 10 years from now, right, which I hope everybody on this call is, they, they do want to. So if you want to be around longer, you have to be focused on the future. And the future is right now, and it's digital, and it's data. And, and if you want to create a legacy for your organization, you have to focus and be so focused on the future. Where is Where are things going? Where is society going? Where are young people going? What are they interested in today? versus where they've been in the past. You know, maybe it's not a black tie event. Maybe it's a, I, I, I don't know, fashion forward streetwear event. I, I, like, it's just a different mentality. And as young as I still like to think I am, I realize more and more every day with my team that is a, a decade younger than me that I have to actively try to maintain, you know, a pulse on what's happening today. Otherwise, it's really, really, really easy to become irrelevant. And that's a harsh word to use, but it's important, right? And, and dollars are a value proposition. Donors and donations are a value proposition. And value, part of value proposition, part of a value proposition is relevancy, right? And so how do we become relevant to the future of the organization and, and create a legacy is by focusing on the future stakeholders of the organization. So we can't fall in love with how we've always done things. You gave me chills again on that statement, Ben. <laughs> um, I agree. 
Because I think that for so long we've thought about the way that our high-value donors create their legacy, right? And they ultimately leave a bequest. And we're working towards that legacy as if something that they're leaving in the past. But but the idea that all, to all of our constituents, they're all creating a legacy. We talk now about younger folks, and they're and they're really sort of thinking about the way that they show up as their social footprint. Well, that's no different the way than donors have been thinking about themselves all along. They're leaving a footprint behind, right? Yeah. So this concept that it's anything different, um, it, it, it's not. It's still, the, at its core, is the same tactic of engaging people in a way that want to be aligned to you and, and want to build their legacy alongside you and working through you. Um, and so being able to focus on the future to create that legacy is, is such a important point. Um, and I think a perfect point to end on um, today. So I will thank you for your time. Thanks for the opportunity. I appreciate the, the chance to sit down and chat with you as always and share with people. Um, and happy to always answer any questions in the future. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Ben Smithy from the Smithy Group. Um, his, uh, the link to his website is also um, in his bio here. Um, you can also um, listen to this again um, on the Fireside chat pages, or you can listen to any of our future ones or any of our past recordings. Thank you guys so much for attending. Um, you all have a wonderful day.